0: This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes. This down one by on Manningley! Oh, hang on to the rim! He oh, does it again from downtown. He down. is just tearing the Orioles apart. Oh. It's, good. it's good. Randall gets the bounce. And he ties the good. game. He's under. Got it. What a tense Up the lane, slam the other way for Aaron Judge. Penetrates, creates. And show us some dexterity as well with the left hand. Yankees win. The Yankees win. Alright, what's happening everybody? I'm your host RJ Carbone and you are listening to or watching episode 333 of BD4. Where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. And we also do MMA on the weekends too. We do the Yankees every series when they are in season. Thanks, Rob Manfred. And we do the Knicks every game. And again, MMA on the weekends, which is going to be an insane weekend for the UFC in particular. We've got some good ones coming. I mean, we've got the main event. And I've been watching all the vlog series episodes, all the embedded episodes, the preview episodes. I'm watching the interviews. I'm watching everything. And tomorrow night, you damn know I'm going to be watching the press conference. Um, the actual pre-fight press conference. Today there was the individual ones, but tomorrow where everybody shares the podium, Colby, Jorge. Oh, I can't wait for that trash talk. Um. But before we're allowed to experience any kind of happiness, we must discuss the Knicks. And that's what this episode is going to take care of. We're going to talk Knicks because they continue to just find a way to do it. And once again, as you can see by the title, the Knicks lose. I don't even know. I've lost count. I think it's 16 out of 19 and what, 5, maybe 6 in a row? Who knows? Who cares? It's over. Like I said in the thumbnail of the YouTube Version of the podcast. I only watch these games for RJ Barrett. So, I mean, that could be it. We could just end the episode right here. But, um, now we'll, we'll get into some things in a second. But first, guys, if you are new here to the podcast, be sure to subscribe. You can sub to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, you can find us on Spotify. SoundCloud, Stitcher, our sponsor Anchor, Google Podcasts, all those listening platforms to find the podcast. Or, if you want, you can find us on YouTube, like I just said, where you can watch the video format of this podcast. And if you want to follow along with my takes on social media, I'm pretty active on both Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, you can find me at R.J. Carbone. Just type r.j.carbone in the search bar. On Facebook, uh, on Instagram, rather, you can find my handle, at Rob J. Carbone. Um, and I also write for ultimatesportsnetworks.com in a blog titled The Bomber Bacher Blog, where I cover Yankees content, Knicks content. I write Knicks recaps, the majority of their games. Um, and we do the same when the Yankees are in season. So be sure to keep up with me on there. You can find me once again. My blog is titled The Bomber Bocker Blog. All you have to do is type that into the search bar once you type in ultimatesportsnetworks.com. Alright, so go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com. Search The Bomber Bocker Blog. And if you want to subscribe to The Bomber Bocker Blog, you can do that. But wait, make sure you enter my promo code 6A2-841-ERJC for a discount $7.99 a month. You can have every article by doing that and you also get a discount on the merchandise for the Bomber bocker Block Wall Tapestries and there's more coming. That all said, let's get into our first break. When we return from break, we're going to get right into things, guys. We're going to be talking next. and tonight... Second night in a row playing Philly, or not night, but second game in a row playing Philly. The first of a long road trip coming up. We fought hard, but we lost in the end, and that's usually the way it goes. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Hey guys. So, I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast, and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the channel grow, and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone. And I'm also on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. get right to it welcome back to the show you are listening to episode 333 of bd4 where there's no better way to get your yankees and Knicks analysis and we also do mma now to mma on the weekends yankees every series nicks every game if you want to follow me on if you want to subscribe rather to any of the podcasts all the listening platforms probably on either of those there are plenty of them um, and if you want to watch the podcast instead of listening, you can find it on YouTube. BD4 is on YouTube. Follow me on social media: Facebook at RJ Carbone, um, Instagram at RobJ Carbone. All right. Follow UltimateSportsNetworks.com. Go there and subscribe to the Bomber Barker blog using promo code eight. I'm um, sorry, using promo code six A two six A two. 841 841 ERJC, E-R-J-C. Alright Not double but I don't know why I said it twice there but 6A2 841 ERJC So with that said out of the way the Knicks in Philadelphia Drop this one 123 to 108 And again, it started out pretty well. You had R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, setting the tone. Barrett working in pick and roll with Mitch. Randle beating up Philly in single coverage. I mean, they were throwing everybody on him. They had Tobias Harris go on him. That didn't work to start. Tybalt was on him, which I thought he should have been on him all night. Embiid was on him. Uh, Zorge Neong was switched on to him. He was beating everybody. They were going single coverage. He was taking advantage of it out the start. On the other end of the floor, our defense was playing well. They were swarming, as Thibodeau put it. By the way, I love that J.J. Redick was on the call tonight. Um, and, and also, I still have to watch. I've been watching the ESPN, all these nationally televised games, instead of watching it on MSG lately, because I... I my Fubo subscription ran out and I'm not paying another 70 bucks to watch this junk of a team. So instead I'm going to watch them when they're on national TV and when they are on MSG, I'm going to find it online on a totally legal website. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was, I, I like that, that Reddick is now there. I, I like Reddick a lot. I liked him as a player and I liked his insight tonight. Um, the next one up by as many as 16 points guys in, in the first or, Second uh, second quarter, I believe. Second half comes and Philly turns on the Jets. They turn up the intensity level, and they really start to put it together. You know, they end this game by outshooting the Knicks from three, big time. You know, um, but we'll get to that in a second. I actually read the wrong thing there. The Knicks shoot thirty nine percent from the floor in the third quarter to score nineteen points. That to me was the turning point. Um, you had the Philly 76ers just playing with too much energy, uh, playing both sides of the floor, playing defense, cooking on offense, and Bede couldn't be stopped. He goes out there and pours in another 27-12-4. He gets 13 more free throws, which was only half of what he had the other night against us. Um, Harden, in his home debut, goes for 26-9-9 and after a first half where he looked pretty you know, inefficient, turning it over a bunch but he finishes with a near triple-double. Tyrese Maxey, not Emmanuel Quickly, scores 25 points. Philly shoots, this is what I wanted to say, I skipped my notes a bit before, 47% from three tonight, and the Knicks shoot just 29%. Uh, Philly making 17 threes versus the Knicks, 8. That's the difference right there. Um, and the Knicks, like I said, they lose their 16 out of their last 19 so, so keep keep playing for that playing spot, Tom. Keep doing that. I mean, you had Redick saying himself he was speaking the truth tonight uh, on the Knicks odds. He was saying the Knicks got to go 7-0 on the rest of this road trip if they want to have a shot, and I agree. I would even say he's being too nice. I mean, you have the Knicks starting guards tonight not scoring a basket until the 7.5-minute mark in the third quarter. Not to say from there on they were good. Burks and Fournier combined to shoot the ball three for nineteen. They were one for nine from outside. Yet Miles Deuce McBride, who's you know, by the way, he I think the other night had another wonderful effort down in Westchester. I see I keep saying down in Westchester because that that's technically where they play, but they're obviously with COVID. I think they're playing somewhere in Connecticut. But he continues to tear it up. Meanwhile, our guards, 3 for 19 tonight, and McBride doesn't play. I'm sorry, he plays a minute and 15 seconds at the end of the game in garbage time. A kid who plays defense was a Thibodeau pick in the draft. Continues to dominate the G League. Doesn't get his share. At what point? At what point? Because the season's almost over. Do you at least see what you have in some of these guys? And I'm listening to the post game, dude. Well, no, I didn't listen to the post game. I read a tweet, and then I saw the video clip on on uh, on the internet. And Tibbs says. So I saw a clip of the post game, but in this clip, Tibbs says. That's you know, I'm paraphrasing. I don't know off the top of my head, but that's the best we had out there tonight. Um, I'm more concerned with the defense. <laughs> I swear to shit, he said that the best we had out there. How are you concerned with the defense when you're keeping the guys on the floor who are giving up buckets? And you could even say Cam Reddish deserved more minutes tonight. Who might he might have played his his Nick High? with 23 tonight. But he, I mean, he could have, uh, you could not say, you know, with the, the way the guards were performing, he deserved 30. I mean, he looked positive again tonight. Seven points, three for six, smooth scoop layups, uh, the end one in the second half. Um, he even closed over Evan Fournier. But why, that's the thing, why does it take you that long to where you have to wait until the fourth quarter to realize Fournier does not have it, he was one for seven, I think. And he was getting torched by Maxi. I mean, he took forever to get to his closeouts. Slow as molasses, letting him shoot, basically. And look, I know he's played well for a bit now, Fournier. But on nights like this, when he is not hitting and he's hurting on both ends of the floor, make the adjustment, cut down his minutes. Reduce his role. Hand them to a young, hungry kid. Sims looked okay. He gets 13 minutes. And Tibbs couldn't wait too long. So he had to plug Taj back into the rotation tonight. Taj gets 14 minutes. (laughs) And, you know, this is not something I expect to change going forward. Which is why, again, I've been saying this. I think that's why we need to make the switch in the summer. It's not that Thibodeau's a bad coach. It's not that this season is Thibodeau's fault. Sometimes you need a fall guy. Because this roster is not fit to win now. And they aren't in a spot either to where they can become now overnight. Or, or in one off season, so to speak. You know, get somebody in here then who is willing to play the prospects we have. And, and finally take steps in the right direction. You know, and I think a younger coach, more willing to adopt, like Johnny Bryant, may be the guy to do that because we're losing either way next season whether we go out there and try to play our vets or play the kids we're going to lose games either way so why not do it with guys who are going to be here you yeah. and I, I think Tibbs I honestly do I've said this before too I think he's a stopgap coach I don't think he lives out the contract Outside that, it was a good one for the tank, right? (laughs) It was a good one for the tank. If you're on board with all that. We play competitive basketball, but we lose. And on top of that, R.J. Barrett continues to thrive as your number one option. 30 more points tonight. Six more rebounds. Seven more assists. He's... 10 for 23, 44% from the field. Uh, 3 for 8, 38% from 3. And he goes 7 for 8, 8 more free throws. And you're just watching him. He is living at the rim right now. He's living there. He's making his money there, his, his $8 million contract there. And his playmaking has also seen a big uptick. And I keep checking after every night now because I want to see that number. I want him to finally hit that mark. He's so close. His numbers on the season, if you average it, uh, if you round it off, are up to 19 points. He's getting there, man. He's getting there. So he's at 19 points per game on the year, six rebounds per game, and three assists per game. Again, this is if you round off the point five. Um. I thought he looked good. Tibbs staggered RJ and Randall somewhere tonight. But again, you continue to see that when RJ leaves the floor, Randall shines. When Randall leaves the floor, RJ shines with that second unit. But again, another loss, and you continue to see these losses. You continue to see the same pattern in these losses, right? When the other teams make their run, we don't really do anything to adjust to it. The 76ers made their run in the third quarter. Again, third quarter of doom. 19 points. We shoot 38.9%. So make an adjustment to the flow of the game. Have a counterattack. You know, that it comes down to play calling. To lineups. RJ had eight shots in the first quarter when you combine field goals and free throws. Nine in the second. Nine in the fourth. In the third quarter, just five. This is after he scores 20-something points in the first half. Not being featured much in that third. Cam will score a bucket tonight, and then he gets, you know, the, the next play goes away from him. And this is why I, I think adding in a, you know, an offensive assistant might not be enough. You know, because Tibbs is running the show here. Tibbs is the one calling these isos. He's giving Randall free reign. He's running Fournier in motions over Cam, over Obi. You know It's I don't know that it's gonna change. You know, you could say like I did like, uh, feed him as little veterans as possible when you make your moves this upcoming offseason, but he'll find a way. He has some influence, I, I'm sure. I mean I wanna get to some of this too, to some of this uh, offense. I want to talk about Tibbs' offense and what I think could be done to at least give it a boost and more. But first, we're going to head to our break. Then when we get back, we'll talk about it. Stay with us. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, you can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcast, But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. All right, um, let's get to it real quick, pull it up, all right, you know, I was just thinking about the playbook and and what Tibbs can do, and I've been doing a lot of research lately, watching a lot of film on some other coaches. So the good thing is that, you know, right now with RJ Barrett, he's getting the on-ball reps. We're treating him as the number one option, right? We've got him in these these high pick-and-rolls with Mitch, which is smart. You know, RJ is a great ISO scorer. He attacks closeouts pretty well. Um, He can also score off the catch. But he's also not a guy who's gonna create a ton of separation, you know, with with speed and quickness and some kind of handle. So Tibbs has him in those high ball screens with with Robinson, that pistol set in particular, right? So he gets him going downhill and attacking the open lane. We've also seen RJ obviously, you know, be a good distributor in the pick and roll too. And he's really improved his patience as a pick and roll passer too, man. I mean, I remember when when this kid the only passes you've seen RJ threw in his rookie year were, were those skip passes to the weak side. That's all he threw. Those risky skip passes to weak side. But now he's becoming a primary playmaker. He's making better reads, quicker decisions, and it's working. You know, um, we even saw you know, RJ that little DHO fake early in the second quarter tonight where he uh, finished with the baseline two-ended flush. So you know, I like some of the actions that he's being included in. Um, It'd be nice to get a little more, you know, dribble handoff action with RJ and, and maybe Randall. Because we do see a lot of that with Randall and Fournier. You know, have him receive the ball and dribble handoff going to his left. Set those screens for him on the left side of the floor when he's attacking downhill. And boom. Um, It, it, you know, it just... You could still do a lot more in this offense because the Knicks are not a good offense. The Tom Thibodeau offense is way too slow, way too slow, way too stagnant. Uh, Everybody just stands around the majority of the time. In fact, uh, some stats here I got up. The Knicks, this was entering tonight's game, so it's not exactly updated. Eighth in ISO frequency, despite just 19th in ISO points per possession. They are 30th dead last in cuts per game. They are 25th in attempting to score off screens, 29th in pace, 30th in assists, and if you like passes per game, they're 21st, which is bad, but also if you watch them, they do a lot of purposeless passing when they get into their sets. They're 25th in offensive rating. If you like points per game, they're 27th. So they're, their offense is not good. They don't move. They don't run. They don't pass a ton. They don't screen, cut, none of that. And if you watch it, it backs it up. The eye test matches the statistic, uh, statistical analysis. So I want to go over some ideas here. You know that that Tibbs should at least ponder on. You know to get his offense, in particular the young guys, flowing more in the final twenty something whatever games of the season. I, I want to talk about some things here. I. So I'm still kind of learning the X's and O's. I'm not I'm not an X's and O's master. But from what I've been seeing, I've been paying a lot of close attention. I would like to see RJ, Cam Reddish, um, being included in, in some Iverson cuts. I've seen Brad Stevens do this in the past when he coached the Celtics. I still see it from time to time when I watch them under who is it? I mean Udoka. Ime Udoka, and part of the reason for that is because Udoka used to coach underneath Popovich, in his system, and his system was very intricate. Pop used that set with the Rosen very often. Terry Stotts used to run these these Iverson screens with the Blazers. He had Seth Curry when he was there, uh, flowing into a side pick and roll off screens from from you know second unit bigs like Collins and uh, Mo Harkless. You'll see Fournier using that action from time to time. But not anybody else really. You know, when RJ, Cam, or even Obi Toppin are off the ball, Tibbs often has them where? Spotting up, just being used as, as these stationary floor spacers in the corner. But I mean we have we have the personnel to do it. We have Randall, we have Robinson. So so those could be your two posts on the elbows. Then you've got Barrett or Cam, who cuts across the middle, wing to wing, and they're set up into an iso action right then. There's your Iverson screens. And you can get creative with it too, right? Terry Stotts was known for that little circle flare uh, action that he ran out of the uh, the Iverson cuts, you know, where, where, where the, the two posts set their screens a little further apart than usual. But... I would like to see the Knicks run something like that. I I think that could really, it doesn't just have to be for Fournier. I feel like that's the only player who we get in these motion offense sets. A little pace and space style offense when working with the five out motion offense would work nice. You saw that a lot too with with Brad Stevens. That's his offense right there. The pace and space style. And you're seeing, again, some of that under Udoka. I apologize if I'm pronouncing this, this gentleman's name wrong. Um, But, you know, I'm talking about the current head coach. But, you know, you get that... I I watch a lot of the Celtics when they're on national TV. And I I follow this kid on Instagram. Um, Oh, man, I forget the name. If I remember it, I'll put it in the description. Uh, But he posts a lot of their clips. And he does some breakdowns. And the Celtics, from what I'm seeing, do a lot of... uh, you know, quicker decision, read and react offense. You know, to up the pace in the half court where Tatum will draw two on the ball and then he reacts. I'll pass it up. The ball keeps swinging. You know, the defense scrambles and you keep passing it until you generate an open look. And as a team like the Knicks who continue to struggle busting the zone, it might help them if they made those quicker decisions and had more of a read and react offense. You know, Tibbs could benefit from that. Often, you know, we'll see Randall make those slower decisions. He needs to step up his decision making. And I think if RJ were to be fed off cuts during zone more, it'd be a huge bo- uh, zone buster. You know, darting in that free throw here, you know, right on the nail, that's kind of uncovered during the zone. Get him cutting there. Kind of like you'll see Tatum do often. He likes that mid-range area. Boom. And I think that's why a lot of RJ's success is going to be predicated around if he can develop that mid-range jumper. But I'm seeing Yudoka do it now. He's running that style of offense a ton. Tatum is making quick reads. In this case, it could be RJ. Gets right to the nail. Your guy in the perimeter throws the entry pass. He pulls up. Boom. see the zipper set that the Celtics will run from time to time. That's a Celtics throwback. They've been using that shit since the 60s. You'll have the wings cutting middle to open up, passing avenues from the outside, and you'll use a lot of back screens to free up those cutters from the wings. Where Popovich used to use that zipper set often with Kawhi coming up from the low block and then getting into a, a pick and roll with Aldridge. The Knicks could benefit from this style because I know that Tibbs likes to go with a two big lineup a lot. So when we talk pace all the time, it doesn't exactly need to be about the fast break opportunities and running in transition. But sometimes it's as simple as as making those quick reads, those quick decisions, quick cuts in the half in the half court. You know, in your offensive sets to throw the defense off balance. That's how you beat a zone. You move the ball quickly, even when you're in the half court. You're still playing at a high pace, because you're moving quick. Easier said than done. Absolutely sure, of course. But why not at least attempt more of that to find out? You know, that's what I'm saying. I just want some more. I just want to see more of a diverse, more a you know, more creative scheme out there. It doesn't seem like we have much creativity with this playbook. And, and you know, again, maybe an offensive assistant coach would help out. But, you know, we have Johnny Bryant, who is a very offensive-minded coach, but it doesn't seem like that's there's much influence there. I just feel like Tibbs is running the show. I do. So I don't know if he's going to be the guy to lead this team going forward. I don't think he's fit. I think he's a good coach. I don't think this season is completely his fault. Not enough to where I'm saying it's his fault only. No, I, I just don't think he's fit to lead this team where the roster is currently realistically speaking, the Knicks should be focusing on player development, the guys they're drafting, the guys they're trading draft picks for to get on this roster. Play those guys. He's not going to do it. Get a coach that's willing to. So he can finally take steps in the right direction. (sighs) It's tough. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Hey guys. I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first... I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on ultimatesportsnetworks.com titled The Bomber Bokker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount 7.99 a month. To get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on UltimateSportsNetworks.com using promo code Six A Two Eight Four One E R J C Seven Ninety Nine a month. A custom wall tapestry is a sure way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This 100% polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability, while its mildew and water-resistant properties ensure years' worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs in any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in seven to ten business days, and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bacher Blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Barker blog that you use promo code 6A2841ERJC. 6A2841ERJC. Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the Shop MVP tab. Searching the Bomber Barker blog. And there you have it. All right. Welcome back to the show. Um, So yesterday, um, yesterday. on uh, yesterday, as I'm recording, so it's Wednesday, the second as I'm recording. So yesterday, Tuesday the 1st, I did a quick episode about the Mitchell Robinson thing, the, the Mitchell Robinson report that came out. Um, and again, as you're listening to this episode, it should be Thursday, March 3rd. Um, but a report came out on Tuesday the 1st about Mitchell Robinson. I just want to go over it again real quick for anybody who missed it. That Mitch and his camp, uh, hes this is like his sixth agent. Uh, I think he's with Wasserman Media Group now, uh, him, them and, you know, Mitch and the Knicks, the report says they are not even close regarding the potential extension. Uh, now, Mitch's season, having a, excuse me, having a decent year. He's averaging eight points, nine rebounds, 0.7 steals, 1.6 blocks. Um, over his last 31 games now, 10 points and 10 rebound average. But you had Woj saying in, in this um, report that the Knicks are allowed to offer Robinson up to four years, $48 million before June 30th. And after that, they can go a little higher. And I'm going to continue to say it. You know, I'm going to keep saying that, you know, I like Mitch. I, I think Mitch has... Yet to hit his upside. I think there's a lot there. He's 24 in April. It is a kid who, again, didn't play college ball. He was a Raw prospect at high school. He's had the ups and downs this year, but he's clearly turned his season around significantly. Um, but that said, I do, you know, still have the same take on it. I prefer not to pay him much higher than the minimum. I think the initial offer um you know what was it forty eight over four is perfectly perfectly uh, reasonable after the june thirtieth date I, I'm willing to go fifty five you know but I would try not to go much higher than that. Stay away from that figure. Um, I think it's $60 million would be the figure to get him a $15 million salary. I would try to stay away from that figure. Because I don't want to pay him that much when I'm basing a lot off of what I want from him. You know, I'm basing, I'm basing a lot off of potential. Now, right now, he's doing some good things. He's already an elite offensive rebounder. Um, He's a solid pick-and-roll defender. He's a great rim protector. He has cut down the fouls. And offensively, he's a very efficient pick-and-roll roll roll man. He's a great lob threat because he's got the length, the wingspan, and he's got a ton of athleticism. I'll even say that there's still a lot. Left, There's still a ceiling there to where, um, you know, yesterday when we were talking about this, we compared him to a lot of guys and we said that there are only maybe seven or eight guys in this league right now, seven or eight big men, that I think will forever be above Mitch's tier. You know, guys like Davis Embiid, Joker Towns, Adebayo Sabonis, uh, Fuchovic, KP. Guys like that, where he's never going to reach that ceiling. KP, you could throw out because he's going to be hurt his entire career. Um, But, you know, the other guys, I'm saying, any other center in this league, and I might be missing a few, I think he can at least come close to, match, or exceed their ceiling. You know, because I think he's already an elite defender, and right now he's averaging 8 points, 9 boards. We only need him eventually to give you 10-10 and Twelve and ten someday. I think he can get there. I do. And when you put that combine that with his defense, I think you have a very good traditional big man. You know, and specifically some of his player comps, Rudy Gobert, Clint Capella, uh Robert Williams, who was just paid in this summer, and you know, DeAndre Jordan when he was in his prime. Those guys all lacked offense too. They did. They didn't have much of an offensive package. It wasn't until DeAndre's sixth season uh, to where he started cracking double figures in either points or rebounds. Capella, year three for points, year four for rebounds. Uh, Gobert, similar shit. Rob Williams, he's in year four, finally has a breakout year. So I think Mitch is close. Like I said, I think he's right there. And this stretch that he's on right now, which is a good stretch, he's kind of calmed down lately having trouble with more physical bigs like Embiid. Hopefully means that he can get there next season in his fifth year. And let's remember for 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 as much as he does lack offense, he also lacks a true playmaker and also lacks as we just went over a legitimate offensive system. You know, DeAndre Jordan played with Chris Paul. Underneath Doc Rivers, he played with Kyrie. Capella played with Chris Paul. He played with James Harden. He played with Trey Young. All these guys are pick and roll maestros. Uh, Gobert, Spider Mitchell, Conley, Quinn Snyder. Uh, you know, Rob Williams is playing in, in Udoka's offense. What is Mitch had? He's had Fizdale. He's had Thibodeau's basic playbook. He's had Elfer Payton at point guard. Kemba Walker, Alec Burks. He's often setting his picks. Rolling away from the action. Diving right to the rim. That all said, of course, he's got to... You know, take some... you know, He's got to be a little more aggressive himself. And, and develop some kind of offense. A hook shot at the very least. I'll take a hook shot at most. You know? So I understand. Tibbs' system. Not having a point guard. Could be holding him back, but but something you know Sims flashed something the other day Um, so I you know I do understand both sides but that's why I'm that's why I'm not willing to go too high and it's going to be interesting because the Knicks like we said yesterday are kind of backed themselves into a back corner you know they didn't trade him which means he's now going to demand even more money and if you don't want to pay him that money you lose him for zero. You know. So the Knicks better damn well hope that they sign him <laughs> now cuz you had your chance to net a really big return. You could always do the sign and trade, but I'm not sure it's going to net you much. And he's also got leverage cuz you handed a contract to Noel, 27 million dollar contract. And he's not even playing this season. And when he does play, he's terrible. So he's got leverage. He's got legs in this, and it's not looking pretty. I honestly, like I said yesterday, I don't think he resigns. There have already been there have been like three teams interested already. And Mitch, by the way, if you follow him on any social media platform, he makes it known he's not afraid to to criticize his team and and, and talk himself up. He thinks very highly of his play. So we'll see what happens. But they're, they're, they're at risk here. They're at risk. This is his sixth agent. So he, obviously he's a guy who really, really wants the very best. He, he's got high standards. But back to where we were. The Knicks continue to lose. And they continue to do it in a way that's not going to get them much places. Now again, it might be good for the tank, the lottery thing. Uh what's the kid's name? Jaden Ivy. Sure. Um I got to pay more attention. To, once March madness starts starts up, I'll, I'll be paying attention to the prospects and like I said, we'll probably do some uh draft scouting and talk about these draft prospects. But um as far as just you know the guys who are on this roster that that are going to be here going forward or at least can be used as young trade assets it's like okay well we got 20 names left we're done the the playoffs are are an afterthought that shit's over what's the hurt at running them out there at this point see what you have evaluate talent maximize assets and make some progress somewhere help the later if you're not going to help the now it just makes no sense to me So that's it. We'll head to our final break, get back, wrap it up with the NYY NYK MMA question of the day. Stay with us. So this episode, 333, our NYY NYK MMA question of the day. I'm asking you to name one father-son duo, just one, that played for the Knicks in their career. Name one father-son duo that played for the Knicks in their career. Obviously, I'm not talking about together. But um, just name one. There have been, at least, I think, at least four. Four, I want to say, yeah. So name at least One father-son duo that played for the Knicks in their career. Let me know the answer. Whichever way you can reach out to me, just let me know. If you attempt to guess it, at least attempt to do so, I'll let you know the answer in the next episode. If you get the answer correct, I'll not only let you you know that, but I will give you a shout-out and your social media handle, a shout-out in the next episode. Excuse me. Guys, thank you so much. I appreciate you tuning into the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. This is episode 333 of the podcast of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis, and we also do MMA now too. Yankees every series, Knicks every game, MMA on the weekends, and we've got a big one coming up for MMA couple days away now, that's it. Thursday, Friday, and we are there. Saturday night. As for the Knicks, I should... uh, Let's see, I think I see you on Friday. Friday night, we'll record another one. That'll be released Saturday morning, most likely. um, Unless I push that off. And combine it with the MMA recap. We'll see, we'll see. Most likely... Look forward to the next episode, um, 334, on Saturday morning. Late Friday night slash Saturday morning. All right, that's it. Thanks for tuning in. Again, I'm your host, RJ Carbone, episode 333 of BD4. Find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review if you enjoy the episode. You can find me on social media on Facebook. Just search RJ Carbone, Carbone. On Instagram, find my handle at Rob J Carbone. Also, I write Knicks and Yankees content. For UltimateSportsNetworks.com, if you go there, search the Bomber Bakker blog, and subscribe using promo code six A two eight four one E R J C, you get a discount seven ninety nine a month. Get to read every article, and you get your merchandise discount for wall tapestries and we've got more coming. All right, that's it. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.